welcome to the BCS podcast, where we explore the basics of computer science concepts. I'm your host, Saran, founder of Code Newbie. And I'm Vaidehi Joshi, author and developer. And she is the brilliant mind behind the BCS blog series. Today, we're talking about representing graphs again. This season of BCS is brought to you by Dev Discuss. Dev Discuss is a show I work on with the team at Dev, an international supportive community for developers. The show addresses the many burning topics that pop up on Dev every day and is hosted by Jess Lee and Ben Halper, two of Dev's co-founders. Past episodes have included unpopular opinions with Kelsey Hightower, staff developer advocate at Google Cloud and a legendary voice in tech. So an unpopular opinion should be like, computers were a mistake. Was, <laughs> was this all worth it? And how changing your name is a difficult, unsolved, and sometimes personally devastating problem in tech. I basically walk through this world, through this minefield of not knowing when I'm going to have this like sort of deep emotional wound reopened. As well as how little known tools can have big productivity gains. And I think it gives me the sense of structure, which I really enjoy. And also you can color code different things. Each episode features interesting guests from diverse backgrounds who are active in the software space. This podcast is your place for burning tech questions, answers, and genuine conversations. And we also end each episode with commentary from the everyday developers who call Dev home. You'd be surprised how many things making music and coding have in common. True to the Dev community, Dev Discuss wouldn't be possible without the input from all of you. So listen, rate, and subscribe to Dev Discuss wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so we talked about graphs last time. We talked about two ways to represent them. We talked about edge lists and adjacency matrices. Can we do a quick recap of what each one is? Let's start with edge list. So an edge list is basically like the simplest way that you can represent a graph, specifically the edges that are in it. And using the edges, which are basically just like, you know, a pair of, you know, the starting node and the ending node, you can figure out what nodes also exist in the graph. It's basically like just an array where you have a list of edges, as the name would suggest, (laughs) edge list. (laughs) And on the other hand, an adjacency matrix is slightly more complicated, but not too much. We basically have a matrix where all of the potential nodes, all of the nodes in the graph are listed on the top and on the side. And At the intersection of each node, we represent whether or not an edge exists. And the way that we do that is with a zero or a one, where zero means no edge and one means yes edge. And based on those values, you could pretty much tell whether an edge exists between a node and also what that whole graph looks like, whether there are a lot of Mm -hmm. edges, whether it's pretty dense or whether it's a sparse graph because there's not very many edges and therefore there's probably a lot of zeros in your adjacency matrix. And we talked about how there are pros and cons to each one of those, to the edge list and the adjacency matrix. And we talked about how there is a hybrid of both called the adjacency list, which is what we're going to get into today. Yeah. Adjacency lists are very much a hybrid, which is why it's so important to talk about those first two representations before we get into this, Mm -hmm. because we'll see elements of both in an adjacency list. Absolutely. Okay. So what is the definition of an adjacency list? So an adjacency list is basically an array of linked lists. And side note, you can actually use an array of arrays. For the most Mm -hmm. part, I'm going to say an array of linked lists because that's how I've seen it before. But it's an array of linked lists that serves as a representation of a graph. But it also makes it really easy to see which 
vertices are adjacent to other vertices. And mm. I think the way that we can kind of think about this is that we have a, this list, this array, basically, which I sometimes call list, but what I'm talking about is an array. And that basically is where we put all of our vertices, all of our nodes in a graph. And at each of those nodes, there is a pointer to a linked list. And that linked list is basically a list of all of the neighboring vertices to the vertex that we're looking at. So basically, mm -hmm. every single element in the array is a node, and each node has a reference to a linked list that tells it, here are all your neighbors. Here are all the other nodes that connect to you. And with that information, you can figure out what edges do or don't exist. Okay, so if we do a really simple example, let's start with our three nodes, one, two, and three. Mm -hmm. And they make a triangle, which means they're all connected to each other. How would that be represented in this new linked list system? So in an adjacency list, first we'll start with the list part, the list that represents the nodes, the vertices. And then we can worry about looking at who is connected to them. So we'll have our list of our three nodes, in this case, as you mentioned, one, two, and three. And each of them are basically elements in this array. And so each of them have an index. So we'll have one comes first at index zero, two comes next, and three comes after that at index two. And so at each element, we're representing a certain vertex. And that vertex has a pointer or a reference to a linked list. So then inside of mm -hmm. that linked list, we're going to basically insert all the nodes that are neighbors to it. And another term for this that we've talked about a couple times in this series is the word degree. So a node's degree. Ah, yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's like throwback to who knows how many episodes ago. <laughs> but we mm -hmm. talked about back when we were learning about graphs, how the degree of a node is basically how many other nodes are adjacent to it, how many of them are neighbors, how many of them are connected. So when you have this vertex with a pointer to a linked list, inside of that linked list, we're basically going to have the other neighboring and connected adjacent nodes that are going to live inside mm. that linked list. So basically we'll have, for example, one is going to come first and mm -hmm. adjacent to one is the node two because one is connected okay. to two. So mm -hmm. at one, we'll have a pointer to our linked list and our linked list will have an element two. Yes. Or an element rather with the data two so that we know, oh, this is a reference to the node called two, whoever that is. And mm. then when we look at who else is the neighbor of one, we'll also see that one is connected to the node three. So inside of our linked list, we'll add another element, which will contain a reference to three. And so basically, if you go to index zero, you'll find node one, and then you'll travel to uh, the linked list that it is referencing. And inside of there, you'll find two elements, two and three. And the reason is one, the vertex, has a degree of two, it has two neighbors, and those two neighbors are two and three. So what does this look like in this new linked list system? In an adjacency list, we start first with our array of vertices. So we'll just populate that first, and we'll just say, what are our nodes in this graph? In this case, thankfully, it's a simple graph, so we only have three nodes, one, two, and three. That's the first half of it. Now we need to start considering the degree of each node. and if you are thinking, oh, I know what the word degree is. I feel like I heard that before. Well, you're not wrong. We've talked about it way back when we were talking about graphs originally. 
And the degree of a node is basically how many other nodes are its neighbor. In other words, which other nodes are adjacent to it? Which ones can you get to because they're connected through an edge? So at each index of this list for the elements one, two, and three, because we're just dealing with an array, we want to have a reference to somewhere else, which is where we're going to put our data for what other nodes are connected to it. So each element in this list has a pointer to a linked list. And this is where the linked list part of the adjacency list comes in. So at the node one, we'll have a pointer to the linked list. And remember that a linked list is basically one element that points to another. They're pretty simple, so you can't hold that much data. So we'll just say, okay, what are the nodes that are connected to the node one? Well, we know that the node two is connected to the node one. So we'll have the beginning of our linked list will be one element with the number two, and it will have a pointer to the rest of the list. Mm -hmm. So we're not completely done yet. We have one neighbor of the node one, but there's also another neighbor, the node three. So we kind of need to go into our linked list again and try to insert the value for three because we need to keep track of who all of one's neighbors are. However, we already have an element there. We have a reference to the linked list, which has one element, two. So basically we can say to two, oh, okay, let's add another element. We're going to have you point to another item called three. And that's the next element in our linked list. So it's sort of like, if you remember back when we were learning about linked lists, like a chain of references to other things. Mm. So mm -hmm, we have mm -hmm. node one, which has a pointer to a linked list. The first element in the linked list is two, which points to the next element, which is three. And actually, there are no other neighbors of one. So three doesn't point anywhere. It just points to a null terminating reference, which is how we know, mm. oh, we're at the end of the linked list. We've gone through all of one's neighbors. Have a nice day. Goodbye. <laughs> and you're done. Okay, so if we do the same thing for our next node, if we do it for node number two, then number two would point to a linked list. Mm -hmm. Let's start with number three, with the value number three. And then the pointer of three would then point to another element, which has the value of one, because two is connected to both three and one. And then one would have a pointer that doesn't point anywhere, so that's just null. Exactly, yeah. When we get to the end of the linked list, that's how we know, oh, I found all of two's neighbors. And also, we have an interesting piece of information, which is that the degree of two is two, because there are mm. two elements in that linked list that two references. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Hopefully it's not too confusing because two has a degree of two and there are two elements, but the reason is two has two other neighbors, one and three. And mm -hmm. It's not a mm -hmm. magic number. It's just like how many nodes are adjacent to the node two. Mm -hmm. Okay, cool. So let's talk about efficiency because efficiency is one of those things we talked about last episode and why the edge list and the adjacency matrix weren't always good choices. So how does this one measure measure up? What is the efficiency look like for finding the number of edges? So there are a couple of things that we can sort of measure here. Your question is a really good one, but we can kind of break it down into different pieces. So the first thing I think we should think about is the structure of the adjacency list. Because remember, we have this list of vertices, and then each of them has a reference to their own linked list. So because of the structure of the adjacency list, it's pretty easy to determine who all of the neighbors are of any particular node. And mm -hmm. in fact, retrieving one node's neighbor takes a constant amount of time. Because if we think about it, if we want to 
find a specific edge. For example, let's say we are looking at node X and we want to find if it has a connection, if it has an edge to node Y. And we were looking mm-hmm. at, you know, a graph with one, two, three, but imagine there's X and Y in this graph. So what we would need to do is we'd have to find vertex X in our adjacency list. Mm-hmm. And then we'd have to like measure that. And because this is a list, which it could also just be an array, we can just look at the index. We can just use that to figure out where is X. Oh, I know it's, you know, the second element. So it's at index one. And that takes constant time to look it up because we're using indices. So that's pretty efficient just to find Mm -hmm. the vertex. And then the next step we'd have to do is check whether Y is in the linked list that X references. In other words, we need Mm -hmm. to check, oh, does Y exist in this adjacency list for this node? That's the only way I know if it is neighbor of this node or Mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. That could be pretty quick to do. If Y is first in the linked list, well, hooray, we're done. That was pretty easy. (laughs) If it's the only item in the list, it's also pretty quick to do. The worst case scenario is that Y is at the end of the list, which basically Mm. means you have to iterate through the whole linked list for node X. Mm. And so potentially it could take us O of D time, where D is the degree of the vertex. So I guess it really depends on what your graph looks like. And specifically, if you're looking at a node that has like a very high degree, now potentially it could take you more time to find an edge. But if your graph is not too complicated, if if the degrees are pretty limited, especially if it's a sparse graph, which means it doesn't have very mm-hmm. many edges, and now you're like, okay, worst case scenario, maybe I have only two or three edges. That's not that bad. The degree's mm-hmm. not that high. And, you know, kind of comparing it to what we talked about last episode, we're still better off. Even if you were looking at a large number of edges, this is much better than looking at all of the edges. And if you remember when mm. we were learning about the edge list, we had to iterate through all the edges. And sometimes you're looking yeah. at like two nodes that you don't even care about. You're like, why do I care about if five and six have an edge? But I have to iterate mm-hmm. through it because, as you know, edge lists. Edge lists uh, causing so much trouble. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is the situation for speed. What about space efficiency? How much space does all this take up? Mm, so this is a great question. The Number of vertices plays into it. That really actually determines everything. There's another element too, which I'll talk about in a second. But first off, in order to even populate your list, you need to look at how many vertices you have. So the adjacency list itself, the original array with indices for each node, that's going to depend on how many vertices you have. So if you have five Mm. nodes or if you have three or if you have 500, like that is going to be an important factor. Your the amount of space you're going to use is going to be different. It's going to fluctuate based on that. So the adjacency list itself requires V amount of space to represent the list, where V is the number of vertices. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. each vertex needs its own index, its own spot in the list. Okay. That's one thing. Now let's talk about the edges, because they're a little tricky, tricky little fellows. Mm-hmm. So the number of elements for every edge that's represented in an adjacency list completely depends on whether the edge is directed or undirected. Okay. If you think about it, maybe you can actually figure it out, figure out why, even if I don't tell you. Okay. So if we're talking about undirected graphs, well, we have like a lot 
fewer edges, right? Because with the directed graph, we have to represent an edge going in both directions. So if two and one are connected and they're connected with no direction, then I have to connect two and three, and then I have to connect three and two. But if it's a directed graph and I just know it's going only from two to three, well, then that's the only edge I have to keep track of. So I assume that undirected graphs take up more space. You're totally right. They take up actually twice the amount of space because for an undirected graph, remember that each node has a reference to its neighbor in its linked list. So that means even though it's only one edge between node, let's say, X and Y, X needs to know about that. And so in its linked list, it has to have Y somewhere. Mm-hmm. And Y in its linked list has to have some sort of reference to X. And so mm-hmm. it's really yeah, only one yeah. edge, but you are taking twice the amount of space to represent that mm-hmm. one edge just because yeah. of the way that the adjacency list works. You know, if a undirected edge exists between two nodes, now each of those nodes has to represent that in some way. And that does take some space. Okay, so now that we've talked about the efficiency, both for time and space with the adjacency list, I want to kind of go back and see how it compares with the adjacency matrix and the edge list. So can we do an example where we kind of just go through all three representations and see what the differences are? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so we've been doing one, two, three. Let's switch it up just a little bit. Let's do three, four, five. So same triangle, all the things are still connected to each other. But if we're going to do three, four, five, what does that look like for an edge list? I'm glad you asked me this one because this one's like a little bit easy. It's a good way to ease into it. Mm -hmm. Remember, it's just a list. So all it's going to contain is the three edges in this graph of three nodes. So we will have three elements in it. It's like, for example, an array with three elements, and the three elements are going to be the pairs of the three edges. So in our case, it would be a list with three, four as the first element, maybe three, five as the next element, and then four, five as the third and final element, because all we're doing is we're creating a list of all of our edges. Okay, so now for the adjacency matrix, what does this one look like? So if we start from the top, we'll work on the top axis where we have three and then to its right, four, and then to its right, five. So if we read down the column of three, we'll have zero first because that is the intersection of three and three. And there are no self-referential edges. So no edge. We have a zero. Then let's go down that column. The intersection of three and four, there is an edge. So we have a one. And at the intersection of three and five, one more cell down, we have a one because three and five do have an edge connecting them. And if we move over to the next column, at the next column, we're looking at four and all the edges that connect to it. So we'll have one, zero, one, because there is an edge between four and three. There is not an edge between four and four itself. And then there is an edge between four and five. And finally, we have just one more column to look at which is the column that represents five. So we'll look at five, how it intersects with three. There is an edge, so there's a one. Then five intersecting with four, there is an edge, so another one. Five intersecting with itself, five is a zero. So if you read this adjacency matrix from the top left corner, going from left to right down the rows, we have zero, one, 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 zero, one, 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 zero we'll see that is a diagonal line of zeros. And so when we see this diagonal line of zeros and we see, you know, ones on either side reflected 
exactly the same way, we see, oh, this matrix is symmetric. Oh, and it's an undirected graph. This lines up. Undirected graphs are represented with this symmetry inside of an adjacency matrix. And we can pretty easily see where the edges are, where the edges are not, and what kind of edges we have in this graph. And for this representation, we require nine places, right? Like it's a three by three matrix. There's like nine values there. Exactly. Whereas in our edge list, we only had three. So just something to keep in mind. Yeah, it's three squared, actually, right? Mm, V squared. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's okay because we only have three, but thank goodness we're only doing three and not 30. <laughs> okay, so now let's do the adjacency list. Can I give this one a try? Yes, please do. So for this one, we have our node three, and we know that three is connected to four, so it's going to be connected to a link list with the value four, and that link list four has a reference to another element, Mm -hmm. which is named five, Mm -hmm. because three is connected to both four and five. So we have number three with a link list that has two elements, one named four and one named five. Exactly. Yeah. And this three, I just want to call it out explicitly, this three, four and five that you were talking about originally, those are the three vertices and they live inside of a list itself. So remember that they're in an array that is indexed. And so when you said, oh, I'm going to go to node three and let's look at its elements in its linked list, you just found its index and you just Mm. moseyed on over. It was very easy for you. Moseyed on over. Okay, cool. So the next one, we'll go down one, we'll iterate, and we'll go to four, our node four. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we see that it has a linked list. The first one is a value of three Mm -hmm. because it's connected to three. And then that element has a reference to another element, which has a value of five, because our node four has an edge connecting it to three and five. Totally. Perfect. One more to go. Okay. Last but not least, we iterate again, and now we're at node number five. And this one, same deal. We're going to have a link list with two elements. We're going to have the first element, which is going to be value three. And then that one is going to be linked to an element with value four. So we have five and then a link list with two elements, number three and number four. Totally. And now that we've kind of built this adjacency list, we'll notice that each edge appears twice, right? Mm -hmm, There was mm an item in three's link list that contained the data four. And there was a item in four's link list that contained the data three. So we're representing each edge twice and both of the nodes have those references in either one of their linked lists. So basically, we have two times three elements that we're representing in all of these linked lists, which is six. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I think a cool thing I haven't mentioned yet about adjacency lists that I do want to call out, like it's not as bad as the adjacency matrix, right, in terms of how much space it takes. And there are so many benefits to it compared to an edge list which only has to represent three items, but like it's an array, so it's kind of a pain to deal with it sometimes. The really cool thing about adjacency lists, I think, that I haven't even said yet, is that you can use an adjacency list to represent a graph. And just from that structure, from that representation, you could actually avoid building out the whole graph because you basically see what those nodes are pretty easily. They're in your list. And then from that list and its references in its linked list, you could pretty easily look up, oh, does three have a path? Does it have an edge to five? 
Oh, yes, it does. So I'm going to go to node five. And does five have an edge to four? Oh, yes, it does. I'll go to four. And what hmm. is really nice about this is instead of having to build out the whole graph structure, you have sort of like this cheat sheet version, which is, you know, hmm. your adjacency list. And it's really nice when it comes to things like traversal problems or like graph coloring problems, which we haven't really talked about yet, but we will get into more and more graphs very soon. We've done a lot of trees. Graphs are coming up next. But understanding graph traversal problems and graph coloring problems really, really depends on knowing what an adjacency list is. Even if you mm. don't end up coding it, like knowing how they work and how you would have to use it is helpful because they're way easier than trying to build a whole graph structure. As we've seen, pretty simple to use, just an array, linked list, structures we've talked about. And just from looking at it at a glance, you can easily see what your whole graph looks like, which is so cool. At least I think. Mm, absolutely. And that's the end of today's show. If you liked what you heard, please leave us a review and make sure to check out Vidahe's blog post. Link to that is in your show notes. Also, make sure to take a listen to the Dev Discuss podcast that I help make. It's the first original podcast from Dev, a global community of software developers of all backgrounds and experience levels. And the show covers burning topics that impact the daily lives of programmers and beyond. Hosted by Dev co-founders Ben Halpern and Jess Lee. This episode was edited and mixed by Levi Sharp. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Mm-hmm.